0: Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Hey, today we got a couple of very exciting guests, but first off, one of the most famous sheriffs, well, in Tampa Bay, although he's got a lot of competition for great sheriffs in our area, we've got Sheriff Chris Nocko. He is with the Pasco County Sheriff's Department. He just got to speak today at the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. That's C3TB.org. Sheriff Nocko, welcome to I Work For Him.
1: Well, thank you. And uh, you're right. We actually have uh, standing uh, law enforcement in the community, great sheriffs, great police chiefs. And we're very blessed in Tampa Bay to have a great community that supports us.
0: But what's great is that, you know, you you stand on a podium with uh, Sheriff Grady Judd and with Sheriff Joe Arapario for guys that really stand up and say, hey, enough of the stupid. Let's just get our jobs done and please, please get out of our way. And we love that. And we support guys like you that are just willing to say it like it is because many of us out there just want to. The truth, and we want we we want that honesty. But we're not going to get into anything that's political. I just really want to hear from your heart because you shared today some fantastic things with the Christian Chamber crowd. And and first, if you would just share how christ is making a difference in your life today.
1: Yeah, the the big thing for me is you know Christ, our Lord, is um he's really the the strength of my life. And you know as you can imagine, in, in profession of law enforcement, as a husband, as a father, you know we go through um. You know, a lot of things that make us have to make tough decisions and um, have to do things that, you know, are sometimes hard. And, you know, I would say God is definitely that strength. He is that, um, that inner strength for me. And, you know, everything I do is for his glory. But I could tell you, especially in law enforcement, um, I don't know how you survive in this profession without a faith in God, um, without a belief. Because you just see so many horrible things out there, um, so many tough decisions. And at the end of the day, you know, without him, you're just going to be lost.
0: So, how hard is it? Though, and you shared some of that today. That that you really your faith is really the bedrock of how you're able to get up and do your job every day and be at the height of your senses for twelve hours a day. How is it that you're able to incorporate your faith into your into your law enforcement life every day? As you as you're, there's all kinds of bad guys out there that want to hurt people and they want to hurt police officers, and we we hear that all the time. How is it that you're able to incorporate your faith in what you do?
1: I, mean, I think the biggest part is you know you there's good and there's evil in this world. Um, I, I think that is, you know, and it's, it's clear for us in law enforcement because we see the good and we see that evil every day. Um, one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm in my car and, you know, you sit in your patrol car and you listen to that radio and as, you know, I could be at a red light and I'm sitting there in the world, people are listening to different radio stations and they're just, you know, doing whatever in their life. But for us, I hear over the radio, the worst things you know you hear about a shooting a stabbing and of course a domestic situation going on so you see that evil so i think you know in our lives it's actually you know for my faith and that fact that it's clear the good and evil and, and they recognize that god put us in our positions to bring good to stand up for those that can't defend themselves and you know god sent down his angels to protect you but i can say law enforcement you know we're very blessed to be in a position to protect people like God's angels do.
0: But how hard is it for you to maintain a perspective on a godly perspective on life when you see you see the the dark side of our world all day long. How hard is right. it to see the good in people when you when right. you have to be so uh, situationally aware all the time?
1: And that's the thing. I think probably one of the hardest things law enforcement um, officers have to go through. Is that we, we, you know, we're skeptics, and every day we become more and more skeptical of what goes on. And I, I think that's probably, you know, there's some things that we have to overcome. That's probably one of the hardest thing is being a skeptic of everybody. And at the same time, is you know that's where our faith comes in, where we recognize there is good people out there, and that that's the trust we have to have, and you know, not not wondering or people trying to get one over on us, but you know that you're, there's evil out there. And I, I think you know, it's sad, but in our society, I don't think. You know, what you see in the news for 30 seconds, um, law enforcement will continuously, you know, we saw the whole situation from beginning to end, and it never leaves us. And so I think that's one of the things that, you know, as I talked about today, for law enforcement, one of the biggest issues, you know, we need to deal with is post-traumatic stress and dealing with those horrible memories that live with us forever. I I keep going back to the same answer, but it it is what it is. God is the only thing that's going to be able to carry you through this career, and You know, to look at this world and know there's evil, that's because they're singing. That's because, you know, there is just evil people in this world. And our job is to protect the good people and to help them out because those people are evil. We need to stand on that wall and protect the good from them.
0: You mentioned today that, you know, when George Washington, when things got tough for George Washington... He he got on his knees and he prayed, and that there have been many times where that's been your response. Now, Chris, you got real transparent up in the podium today as you're speaking to the Christian Chamber in front of like 70 or 80 people, and you talked about how you get phone calls in the middle of the night, and it, it kind of talk through that scenario that you described today at the podium.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, our job is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It never stops, and um, you know we'll get that phone call in the middle of the night if something happens, and... You know, there's times you know, then I I get on the the phone. We start making decisions, and you know, whether it be in the middle of the night or it's in the middle of the day, um, you know, I I look. My faith in God is what makes me helps me through the decision, with hopefully makes me get those right decisions. And um, I I know it does, and because you know that faith in Him, that's what carries me. But the one thing is, you know, a lot of times people say, "Oh, you know, you have to," you know, you'll hear this in, in society today, unfortunately. Uh, you know, faith, you know, that's because you're weak or something. i say, no, the people with faith are the stronger people. Amen. Um, when, you guys, uh, when you have a faith, you're absolutely stronger because there's a lot of things in this world, and unfortunately they sit on this boat and it rocks back and forth, and they go whatever which way the tide goes. And when you have that faith, you'll fight the tide if the tide is wrong, and you'll fight upstream to fight for what you believe in. And that's why I really think, you know, the faith is what keeps you strong, and having that faith makes you a stronger person.
0: You know, I loved one of your points that you made today. You said in there, listen, if your home life isn't a happy place, it carries out into your work. And we talk about that every Tuesday on I Work for Him as we talk about relationships and marriage. And if if your life at home is a mess, it absolutely impacts your workplace. What I loved about the fact is you know that police officers are under incredible stress. And in whatever walk of police officering that they're doing, I mean, you know, there's lots of different um, law enforcement levels within our nation but i know that it's extremely stressful and i know you described how it impacts your home life and how after dealing with it all day long it's a lot stressful how do you keep from bringing your stress and allowing it to destroy your family
1: and that's a you know that's the one thing is that you know for all law enforcement i hope you know the listeners out there they they i think they realize that you know when law enforcement all day long it's going from stressful situations stressful and then unfortunately when you come home you crash because you just you your body physically can't do that all the time so you know when i get home one of the things is you know it's kind of like one of my one of my hobbies is to work out and you know even days that i'm tired i don't feel like going i go anyway because i I force myself because i know it's going to make me better and and that strength you know with god helps me carry even in my family life is that you know there's times that i'll get home and i'm exhausted but my kids let's go outside and play let's do something and I'm just like, you know what? I may be tired, but at the same time, you know, the memories with them were going to last forever. And that's, and I also think another side is since law enforcement officers, we see the worst of the worst in society, and we see how people allow things, you know, taking things for granted, and we see, unfortunately, death all too often. I think that's one thing that also allows us the ability to recognize is that you make the most out of every moment because you're lucky if you get. These precious, moments, these precious moments on the surface and with your loved ones because they're not going to last forever.
0: No, the kids grow up way too stinking fast. I, don't, you, you said your kids were still all in elementary school. My kids are grown and gone. You're like, man, how did that happen? Wow, did that ever go fast? You mentioned a couple of really cool things that I wanted everybody to hear about, but for your deputies in Pasco County, you, ha- you put on a thing called Spouses Academy. Talk about that because that was awesome. I loved hearing about it.
1: Yeah, one of the things that we recognize is, you know, working, you know, with our deputies, we're trying to get them engaged, um, so spiritually they're they're as healthy as they are physically, and so one of the things that really needs to carry on is for their spouses, because their spouses are the ones that will help them um, through the tough journeys of life, and so what we've done is we start these ch- these uh, spouses academy, and we open them up for all law enforcement agencies in the Tampa Bay region. So we bring in speakers who have gone through you know tough situations with their loved ones who are in law enforcement. We have our large chaplain corps there to connect with them. But it's really because day in and day out, we put on our uniform, we go to work, but it's our loved ones who are at home um, who are doing their, their jobs that are constantly worrying about us. They constantly see all this stuff on TV where – you know, small groups of people that are very local, that are anti-vocal, that are anti-law enforcement, are out there screaming. So they know their loved ones are under under tight situations, and I think they worry and their stress levels much higher than even ours. Um, so that's why we need to get them and get them help. But they also by getting our spouses help. They help us out.
0: And what have you seen as the result of that? Because I think the investment in our families is such a powerful thing, and I'm hoping that you're starting to trend across the nation. What have you seen as the result of that, investing the spouses of your law enforcement officers?
1: I can tell you, um, yeah. overall, probably the most impactful thing I've heard was there was a spouse who came up to one of our um, chaplains after, you know, it was probably a couple of weeks after this happened, and they said... You know, my husband and I were going through a tough time. I was actually thinking about divorce. And so I came here, and then I didn't understand what he goes through. And now him and I are getting counseling. We're working through some things, and it's all going to work out.
0: That's powerful. What a great privilege that is to do that. You joked around a little bit today that said, listen, in your family, it's either a fireman, a police officer, or a roofer. Right. How does that happen? You said your dad was a police officer, right? Right, and that's I was
1: talking about. That's my neighborhood where I grew up in Philadelphia. That oh, was your whole neighborhood, homes. okay? Yeah, I grew up in a neighborhood in Philadelphia where um, everybody in my neighborhood—it turned out they were either cops, they're firemen, or they're roofers. I mean, that's what they did. There was all you know a lot of guys who worked on houses and all so. But in my family, everybody was cops. Um, actually, my dad's uncle was a fireman, and so he was the only, he was the only one in the family. But it was definitely a great experience growing up, and you know that's probably one of those things where you know growing up my parents and that's what i say you know i'm very blessed in my life because you know if people say you know what their parents get, gave you i can say the biggest thing my parents gave me was a faith in god and um I'll, i'm tremendously in debt for what they did for me
0: you mentioned proverbs 27:17 today in your speak, speech to the christian chamber of commerce find them online at c3tb.org i as a as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens. Oh, now I totally messed it up. I should have pulled it up before I did. You could quote it for me better.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, especially like, you know, iron sharpens iron. That is the that is the quote that I use, um, especially when I when we're hiring for our command staff. Is that you know we you want people that are going to make you better. You want people in there that you know understand or could have a faith a lot of times, in that because when the difficult times come. That's when, you know, your faith, that's when those people with good morals, good characters, they're the ones that are going to stand with you. Because when times are bad, those who do not have that rock, who do not have the ability to deal with tough situations, they're going to jump ship. Right. It those, is. The, who, those who understand, those who, you know, have a, a, a faith can understand what it's like to go through tough situations. And that at the end, there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. What's one thing you want? we got an audience, probably, uh, well, it's, it really surrounds the globe, but locally in Tampa Bay we've got an audience of thousands of people. What do you want them to hear from the heart of a law enforcement officer, from the heart of a sheriff? What is it you want the audience, this Christ-following audience, what do you want? How do you want them praying for you guys as law enforcement officers? And what is one thing you really want them to know?
1: I, I think the big thing is uh, that you hit on the head prayer. Um, if they could just pray for law enforcement, um, pray for the families of the law enforcement officials, um, that is the that is the greatest tool that we can ever have. And pray for society um, and for our leadership in our country, because it's unfortunate, but it just seems like within the past two years, um, everything's been turned upside down, and law enforcement has been vilified. And you know what? There are bad people in law enforcement. There are some bad people in every profession, but the vast majority of law enforcement officials out there are doing the right thing for the right reasons. And I just think that prayer is coming through. And I want them the biggest thing is too is, you know, when when people sign up to be law enforcement officers, they didn't sign up because they thought they were going to be multimillionaires. They didn't sign up because they wanted to, you know, just get in behind a car and drive super fast. They got it because. They wanted to go after the bad guy. They wanted to track down the bad guy, hunt him down and arrest him, and help the, the people that can't defend themselves so we stand up and defend them. And so I think, you know, when they look at a law enforcement officer, realize why they first got in, but if you could just walk up to them and, you know, when people walk up to us, i say one of the greatest things they do besides prayer is when they just walk up and say, thank you. Right. Thank you for all you do. That That makes us. I mean, that makes our day. You
0: know what? It usually catches us off guard sometimes. I bet it does. Sheriff Chris Knocko from Pasco County, thanks so much for joining us on I Work today. I really appreciate your time. No,
1: thank you very much. All right.
0: The rest of the show is all focused on Tim Paskert and his desire to produce super-duper quality, fantastic—I'm uh, using all these great words. Really just wants to provide great—what's the word— uh, it starts with an I. I'm just totally. Uh, I
2: like the great and the super brilliant. Duper. You could
0: br- use brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant <laughs> films. Inspirational, that's the word. How about inspirational films? Tim Pasker, welcome to I Work for him. Thank you, Jim. All right, so before we get into talking about film, because we're going to talk today about your movie that you produced that's been on television, that set some, that set some standards and was the most watched film on Easter Sunday in 2012, 11, 2011 in Atlanta,
2: right? Uh, we, we finished number two, number two, Number that's was, two.
0: which is pretty good. We'll take that. All right. So before we get into all that, how's Christ making a difference in your life today?
2: Oh, he's everything. Uh, uh, 1996, that's 19 years ago for all those keeping track. Uh, I was an atheist and, uh, uh I was dead wrong. I like to tell everybody that my beautiful wife, uh, her sweet prayers with one of her dear friends, uh, saved me from a perfectly planned trip to hell. And uh, she always loved me. She never quit loving me, and she just started praying for me. And in August of uh, 1996, I realized I was dead wrong. Uh, Jesus is the Christ, and he showed his mercy by not striking me dead beforehand. And uh, my life has been completely different. Uh, I am one of the rare people that I am born and raised here in Tampa Bay. So people have seen me at my lowest of low. And I'm only five six, so I don't ever get that high. But uh <laughs> but but people that have known me have seen the difference that Christ has made in my life. Um I I've gone from a man that I don't even like don't even recognize anymore, to a man that simply loves the Lord and just wants to uh to please him.
0: You Got inspired to. Uh, you're never going to get drink that coffee. I can't believe we even brought that in here. All right, you got. How did God inspire? How did God move you into producing inspirational movies? And you went. From, I mean, it's not just inspirational. Inspirational, biblically centered,
2: truth movies. Where did that come from? It's, it's only something God can do. Um, when uh, this movie came about, it was actually took 14 years before uh, Curtis Graham, who directed this film, yelled action. So there was 14 years. And when this uh, film was first written, uh, it was nothing like what came out. Uh, it was written by an atheist and who had then came to faith in Christ. And I'm looking at the work going, Lord, what do I do with it? And he goes, now you're going to use it for my glory instead of your own. And literally that, that, that script changed from being this just basically anything that could be uh, probably highly successful to, uh, to something that actually honored the Lord. And uh, so while there's this is not a bio flick, it's, there's, there's, it's not an autobiography, um, it really does really tell quite well the story of uh, the secular look into Christ and how Christ greets it.
0: So are there parallels between the, the, the guy's life in the movie, Stuart's life, and your life? Oh, I'm much better looking.
2: Oh, <laughs> and, uh, He's like six four and yeah. built like a Sherman tank. <laughs> yeah, 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 the uh, no, there. You know, they, like I said, it's not an auto, uh, autobiography in any way, shape, or form. Um, there, obviously, you're drawing from experiences, and mostly when you're writing a script like that, you're 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 drawing from you, the only good thing about being an atheist, and I do not recommend it. The only good thing about it is that when you come to faith in Christ, everything is so different. Everything is so different, but you never forget those thoughts you had before. Hmm. So how that relates is you're able to, to write something like this that really, really accurately, not in a caricature type of way, but accurately portrays how a secular person looks at Christ, looks at faith, but at the same time, because now you have the grace of Christ, you do anything, anything, to reach them with his message, hmm. that's what drives you. I, I mean, uh, there's, you just know how lost they are and you know how deceived they are and you just want them to see what you've discovered.
0: I do a lot of research for the interviews that I do on this show. Most of the time I have to read books. I, I was so grateful to you, I actually got to watch a movie this time, which was very nice. Very, very nice. Talk to me about the story. Talk to me about the Stewart's story in this movie, The Glass Window.
2: Yeah, Stuart is the classic example of the guy that, that, that he's doing really well. Um, he was raised in a good home. He's not been in an abusive situation. He's been raised well. Uh, he's been raised with God. He knows Christ. He's heard of Christ. He's, he's witnessed his parents, and he's grown up that way. However, the lures of this world, they can be deceiving and appealing, and, and they can fill you with, with fleshly pleasure. And Stuart's chosen that path. And he's done quite well. He's very successful. He basically has everything he wants, and he's about to seize the last diamond, the last diamond he wants in his kingdom. And that's where the story picks up.
0: It's a great story. And what I love is it it really—you know, my— topic is always, how do you incorporate your faith in your workplace? And this is one of those ones where stuart has got some buddies in his life that have incorporated their faith into the workplace and Stuart tells them they're stupid. <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 but it's, so it lives out the I work for him message in, in some of the, the, the secondary characters, but Stuart makes some decisions that we don't want to give away the whole story. No, but he makes some decisions that really cause him to pause significantly.
2: Yeah, Stuart's just just plucking along in life. He's getting everything he wants, and then he he, it's just what God does. God basically is intervening, and Stuart doesn't understand it. Some of the things that Stuart wants, all of a sudden, they're just, it's just not going the way it should, and it take and Stuart doesn't realize that it's actually God reaching out to him. Right, and the enemy. Has a girlfriend in the situation, and the enemy uses the
0: girlfriend to put a lot of pressure on him. Tim, when you look at producing a movie, and, and I know that, give me your real role. You, you write the movie. I know that everybody's got, they've got all these titles in the
2: movie industry. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: So w- w- what, what do you call yourself?
2: Tim. <laughs> Very no, good. No, it, it's it, in all seriousness, as far as how I would fit into the industry, I'd be considered more of a producer. Okay, so you're the I, producer. I, 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 I write, but when it really comes down to it, I'm, I'm a producer slash writer.
0: When did you realize you had a, a gift for writing? I mean, this is a, I mean,
2: to write a movie. And a movie... lot of people don't, would argue if I actually have the gift. Okay. But, but let, let's assume that I have that. Uh, it's as a child. You've got she, a
0: movie that was, you know, on television. I'm guessing you've got some gifts somewhere.
2: Well, you know what, what? Our greatest gift for this movie is if, when you watch the film, when you watch the film, it's what, it's what we call a hot roll. No credits, story starts. At the very end of the movie, the first credit you see is the executive producer of this movie. The executive producer of this movie was wonderful. His name is Adonai Yeshua. Nice. And I, I remember say, that when I saw it. I'm like, well, that was an interesting plug in that. That's cool. Yeah, and it's great when you get phone calls. People want to talk to Adonai. I said, yes, you do. But, uh, <laughs> but all the glory for this film goes to him because the more you get into the movie industry, you realize how impossible what happened with this film is. God did it. And, and basically, you took a guy that had never written a movie before. Uh, he gives me a script. It's written. And then he hooks me up with these incredible, very, very talented people who have been in the industry for years, and all they've wanted to do is a film like this. You know, Curtis Graham, the director of this film, he's been in this town for years. He's a brilliant director, a great man of God, and never had the opportunity to direct something like this, where he knew the end result is going to be people are going to know who Christ is in a way they've never seen it before. And that's what's wonderful about it. So, yes, you know, I am a guy that give me a sheet of paper with a lot of writing on it and I'm bored. Give me a blank sheet of paper and say, write something in three minutes. I get excited. It's just how God wired me and he gets all the credit. All right,
0: when we're done with the show, I'm going to give you three minutes. I need you to write me the words to the I Work for Him song so then we can get somebody to write some music to it. <laughs> all right, so who, this movie, which I got to watch, Martha and I got to watch it together, which was really nice. We had a date night. Prepping for a show together is great because most of the time it takes me three, four hours to read a book. So this was very enjoyable. You, you picked on, a, you, you touched a lot of sensitive spots mm-hmm. in there. But there's also some comic relief in there. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I I love when the guy shows up, absolutely plastered behind his mind in the Bahamas, uh, and he has to pick a resort to go through. I love that little comic relief there. You said that doing during the as the you uh, produce the movie, you get this
2: all filmed. There was a lot of funny moments. Oh, we had we had such a wonderful time. What we did with this film is, if if when you see the film, if the the character is someone who is supposed to love Jesus. They're supposed to be a believer. That person was cast first based on their faith and second on their acting ability because we didn't win anything counterfeit going on. After that, if they were playing one of the, the people that don't know the Lord, best actor wins, okay? And what we did is we brought everybody on the set. We basically told them, this is like going to a parochial school. You have the job. Okay, now you have to make a decision. We're going to pray on this set. We're going to talk about the Lord. We're actually going to send out these motivationals where the book came from to to make sure everybody understands where we're coming from on 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 this film. So you don't have to participate, but you need to know that's going to happen. And what that hat brought together was this incredible, talented flux of people that had nothing in common except we're making a film in 21 days and we just saw God work. Is that a fast production schedule? Because those of us outside of the movie world, they not don't... Not, not really, not okay. really. 21, 22 days for something like this is pretty standard. Um, one of the things that really cracked me up, though, is, is about this is the, the critical part of the film is the glass window. In fact, a lot of people, and I agree with them, say you put a lot of stuff around the seven-minute scene <laughs> so you could get that, stuff. and they're absolutely right. That's what we did. And it was spectacularly beautiful. And the glass window scene, that's what makes the movie, and that's what we tell people. You need to discover the the secret of the black window, of uh, the glass window. You need to discover the secret of it. But how that whole scene came about is, we did not have the budget to fly over to the Bahamas and film this, so we were going to cheat it. I get an email from a man I've never met about a week before we we're supposed to shoot that scene. He says, "I've I've heard about the movie you're making, and I have a question." I've been praying and I'm supposed to ask you a que- uh, make a comment and ask you a prayer uh, and ask you a question. And I'm getting a little worried about that. Right. So basically his comment is, I have an airplane and a pilot. Do you need them? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that man got a phone call immediately, and uh, his name is Eric Norrie, by the way. I hope he's listening. And Eric Norrie, I've met Eric on this show before. What a wonderful man. Eric Norrie literally arranged for his pilot to fly our team down to the Bahamas. We get down there to film this scene, and then his pilot gets so excited about what's being shot that she looks at the director and she says, you know, you really need to shoot this from the air. And he goes, well, we don't have an air Plane. And she's just grinning from ear to ear. She throws them into the airplane. I don't know, probably uh, the uh, probably the Bahama air people don't need to know this. But she throws them into the airplane. They get up there, and they're literally buzzing the glass window to get all these magnificent aerial shots that when we took this out to the marketplace, all the big distribution companies are going, where did you get a budget for that? And we're just smiling, going, well, guy, guy, a guy loaned us an airplane, and God did the rest. And there's you know, so many stories about how God came through on this film We didn't have a budget to create the hurricane and and sure enough, a front came in out of nowhere Thus we no had our, kidding? Yeah, thus we had that. that's not fake. That weather was real, and it showed up that one day when we were shooting, and we're just looking up going, thank you, Lord, we really needed that. We
0: really needed strong winds to blow over things, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm glad to hear that Eric was part of that. Eric's a great guy with Seahawk Paints, in case you want to just a little, little plug for our buddy Eric mm. Norrie. Okay, so the producing a movie, okay, it's one thing to get it written. Uh, uh, you've got it directed. You've got it all put together. Now you've got to edit it, and then you got to actually convince somebody to do something with it.
2: Yeah, that, that's, that's where most people uh, don't take that into account. When you start a film, you need to ask the Lord, who's this for? You need to really understand who this is for, because that will dictate how you take it out, what you shoot and how you take it out. And, and I tell everybody, you know, we, we, we have the Lord Jesus Christ. We have him. But just because we have faith in Christ, it does not mean that we're not immune to the laws of gravity. And so it's the same thing with this industry. you got to understand who the Lord wants to see this film, and then you got to make it to fit in that box. We, we thought originally that this was going to be a theatrical release. And as we got into it— A the theatrical release means you're going to put it in the movie theaters. You're going to put it in the theaters. You have to speak English. So it it has, that's a, a right. It's going to be people. in the movies. Right. And what the Lord said is, no, 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 no. You, you're going to send this out on television. And that's a whole different thing. So we had we to do some editing and, and cut it and do different things. So that would rated PG for TV, TV. Um, and, and so that's what we did. And then what happened distribution. And it had to be one hour, 28 minutes, and 29 seconds. Something like that. Yes, yeah, right on the second. And, and so that's so the commercials can go. And then what the Lord did is by us doing that, by us just looking at what the industry requires and cutting the film so it would do that, this film was distributed nationwide by ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, and a couple of affiliates to be named later, two years in a row, Easter weekend, and all of, just broadcast on all these stations that people who won't be in the church on Easter Sunday, they're going to see it. And that was the mission of this particular film, and it was to reach out to those that have been too hurt, too, or, or just don't know him or been hurt, they're, they're just in pain and let them see who they're looking for and that's what the glass window does
0: so uh, i mean i know you get nielsen ratings things like that how many people approximately got to watch it those 2 different years over 3 million that's and that's amazing i mean and it, it, what's amazing is that if you if 3 million had actually gone to the theaters that would have been a pretty big that'd been a decent box office it would have been number 2 that year yeah pretty cool but you're going to do this again in 2016 it's going yes. back on air again.
2: Yep the uh, the good Lord did it again. And the glass window, for example, in Tampa Bay, the glass window will be broadcast Easter Sunday on MOR Television. So I just want to thank all the people at MOR TV for making that happen. Glass window Easter Sunday, twelve noon. And and that's for the simple folks. You said that was channel thirty two. Channel thirty two. <laughs> okay, because
0: I I just I'd have to pull it up on my digital antenna. Yes, I have an antenna. That's right, because I don't have time for cable television. I don't know about you, but okay, so talk to me about the inspiration to name your your nonprofit Mark 829. What's that all about?
2: Well, again, at the end of this film, uh, after you see Adonai Yeshua's name, a graphic comes up, and it simply says Mark829.com. Mark 829 is a scripture where uh, 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 Peter and Jesus are having a conversation, and Jesus looks at Peter and simply says, I know what they say, but who do you say that I am? And that's the mission of this film. That's the mission of everything that we will work on. And that's the mission of Mark 8 to 9. To get as many people as possible to answer that question. Who do you say Jesus is?
0: I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine last night. Just asked him that question. I said, okay, hey, is God real? Is Jesus who he says he is? Keep it simple. He's like, what? that's not that simple. I'm like, Yeah. It really is that simple. Who do, if if Jesus is who he says he is, you got a decision to make. And it, you better be right. <laughs> so, doctor, this is so the glass window you got produced was on television in 2012 and 13 or 11 and 12.
2: 11 and 12. Okay,
0: and then coming back here in 2016, mm-hmm. but you've got five more films already in your head.
2: Yeah, we actually have scripts for two completed and then we, uh, and then the, one of the other things is we'd love to see The Glass Window actually become a television series. As you pointed out, you're asking me a lot of questions after you saw it. You know, what, what what about those letters? What about that? And I'm going, well, that's episode three. But, uh, but yeah, we actually have two film uh, scripts ready for action. My favorite one was written by another guy locally here called Tim Fowler. Um, he actually wrote all the music that you hear in The Glass Window. And it is a brilliant, brilliant piece of work called The Carpenter's Bride. And uh, nothing would be uh, give me more joy than to help Tim bring that out into the marketplace. So
0: but, uh, the one I was intrigued by was Spaceman. Mm-hmm. So what's that one going to be about? <laughs>
2: uh, Spaceman is, uh, is, is, is a little romp. It's something a little bit different. It's an inspirational film again, which is code for faith-based, uh, but it's an inspirational <laughs> film. And it's, it tells the story of two young ladies. They're, uh, they're about 18 years old. And they're coming, th- coming to age and it basically walks you through the message of Job and you will laugh your way through it. And it's a very, very, very funny film that features two women as the lead, which is completely different than what most, most stuff coming out right now. And and it's filled with joy, yet sending a really, really important message to everyone that's going through a tough time. So you said filled with joy, funny the Book of Job. Oh, yeah. That's what throws people. So throws it's a, people. So it's Ooh. an oxymoron.
0: Yeah, it's throwing yeah. me too. I'm trying to figure out how that works out. All right, today we're talking with Tim Pascard from Mark 829 Films. You can find out more online at mark829.com. The story of Job is what we're talking about. You've got this new movie written already called uh,
2: Spaceman. Talk to me about Hannah Rose. Huh. Hannah Rose. Um, after I came to faith in Christ, the Lord blessed me with two children, twins, uh, Kristen and Joshua, And they are now 17 years old, great kids. Um, And then shortly after that, in 2000, we got our surprise baby, Hannah Rose Paskert. And just an incredible, beautiful child. And uh, that was 2000. And we named her Hannah Rose, Hannah from the Bible, and Rose because that was my wife's favorite uh, flower. My wife had also, we prayed over this child, and the Lord had told us two things about this child or she, she will marry well, and she will have many offspring. So, of course, I'm saying, wow, she's going to marry some rich guy. Yeah, yeah, lots of grandkids. Well, what happened, 90 days after she was born, uh, she laid down for her nap, and she woke up in the arms of Jesus Christ. Um, the world calls it SIDS. Um, we just called it God's plan. Um, I will tell you that's where the spirit of uh, Spaceman came from. Because when something like that happens, you got a decision to make. You got to make a decision. Will I trust God or will I spend all my time on why? And I can tell you right now that Jesus Christ is alive and well. We spent no time on why. We spent all our time on what now, Lord? Our little baby is alive and well in heaven. A tear will never touch her eye. She is filled with the joy of Christ. 24 seven. She doesn't have to pay taxes and vote in any elections. That's right. And that's what we focus on. And that's the message of Job that, you know, Job never knew what God was doing until he got to heaven. Tim Paskert, Mark A29
0: Films. Thanks so much for being on the air today. Has come to the end of another I Work For Him show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews for doing a great job handling all kinds of phone calls and all kinds of show guests did a great job today. Hey, when you get home today, would you consider joining the I Work For Him nation? Make the commitment tonight to start praying for your coworkers and employees tomorrow. we learned today that our faith can be impacted in our workplace regardless of whatever we do we talked with sheriff chris knocko about his faith and how it impacts his life in law enforcement and we've talked with tim paskert about his faith and how it's impacted his life in movie production and both of these guys are making an impact on the communities around them some in the thousands and some in the millions by sharing the stories that god lays on their hearts and honestly ladies and gentlemen listening to this show that's the key You don't have to be a worldwide preacher to lead people to Christ. All you have to be willing to do is share your story. And why I ask you to pray for your coworkers and employees is because it will prepare your heart to share the story that's on your heart and how Jesus made an impact in your life. People don't need theology to meet Jesus. They need to hear how Jesus made an impact on your life. That's the theology that will lead them to reading the scriptures and all about Jesus. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.